Hello, Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Do you have any old friends that you've lost touch with? Maybe old college buddies or a friend that moved away? It's easy to lose touch when you're separate. The affection and connection you had for one another fades. I've had friends whom I felt inseparable, and now I haven't talked to in years. It may be someone who lives right here in town. You might even see them regularly, but you just don't have that same connection or affection that you used to. For some of us, that old friend is Jesus. Our love for him was once tight, but now it's fallen. Today, let's work on renewing that love you once enjoyed. For the next seven weeks, we're going to be studying from the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3. This section is a bit different from the rest of the book. Jesus appears in a vision to the Apostle John and gives him seven messages to deliver to seven different early churches in the western part of modern-day Turkey. Jesus speaks these messages to first-century churches, but they carry weight for us today as well. We can identify with them, and I'm certain Jesus speaks some of the same praises and some of the criticisms to us today. First, Jesus speaks to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evildoers. You have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them to be false. I also know that you are enduring and bearing up for the sake of my name and that you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, then, when you are from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this is to your credit. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I have hated. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. All seven letters follow this same format. Jesus introduces himself. Then he speaks both praises and criticisms to the church, concluding with a promise to encourage them. To the Ephesians, Jesus identifies himself in two ways. First, he holds the seven stars, which in chapter 1, verse 20, he describes as the angels of the seven churches. Now, I don't know the role or purpose of these heavenly beings, but Jesus holds them in his hand. He has complete authority over them, so they belong to him. Second, he walks among the seven lampstands, which in chapter 1, verse 20, he's identified as the churches themselves. So this illustrates his full authority and intimate presence with his churches, including ours. These truths set up his authority to teach, direct, criticize, and praise the Ephesians as well as Stanford Christian Church. Jesus has a lot of good things to say about them. He commends them for their faithful deeds, their work for the gospel, their endurance in the face of persecution and difficulty. He also praises them for testing false teachers and leaders by their actions and teachings. Specifically, he mentions the Nicolaitans, 
We don't really know who this group was or what their error was. However, their inclusion shows us that some ideas and philosophies wearing a Christian mantle are not to be entertained. He then turns to the one thing he has against them. They abandoned the love they had for him at first. It's an issue of the heart. Their love. They lost connection and affection like an old friend. The fervor we once had for Jesus and his kingdom are replaced with an acceptance of things as they are. I know enough about Jesus. I'm a good enough person. I've got this religion thing down. I've done enough service. I like our church just the way it is. I'm promising you right now that Jesus has a better future for you. No matter where you are, he has more to show you, more to do in you, and more to do through you in this world. We replace a consuming passion with a complacency that's content with the status quo. We lose our first love when we neglect our relationship with Jesus. Do you spend time every day passionately pursuing him? The love for Jesus that had motivated the Ephesians and burned within them had given way to mechanical, ritualistic religion and lip service. But all is not lost. Jesus gives a three-step plan to regain your first love. First, remember. This is like someone who has an old photo album of a cherished relationship and can look at the photos and remember what it's like when it was in its glory days. To regain the relationship, they need to remember what it was like and have a sense of what it could be like in the present. So the second step is to repent of what has drawn or distracted you away from him, what has stolen your affection. And the third step Jesus gives is to do the work you did at the beginning. That's to recommit to passionately chasing him, getting to know him and serving him. These three steps to remember, repent, and recommit it's not just a plan. It's a natural progression. When you do the first, it will cascade into the second and then the third. Do you remember when you were first enthralled with Jesus? People will often call it the mountaintop experience. You just felt extremely close to God. He's pulling up the image of a young romance, how your heart beat fast and the butterflies you had, and you couldn't stop thinking about your lover. When you first met Jesus, were you ready to give up on everything and do whatever he said? Were you overtaken with emotion? Were you repentant, ready to serve, elated to worship, engrossed in prayer, and couldn't get enough of his word? Listen, your love for Jesus is directly tied to your commitment to prayer, Bible study, and gathering with the church. These disciplines are the fuel for the fire. Without them, or if you are lacking in them, the flame will suffer or die out altogether. The more time you spend seeking God in prayer and filling your mind with his word, getting to know him and his ways, the more you will love him, the more you will, spend, you will experience him, and the more you will remember him. Maybe you've never trusted and followed Jesus, never fallen in love with him in the first place. He lived a righteous life to give to you and died on the cross to pay your sins and rose again to give you a new life and a new hope. Apart from him, you still carry the weight of your sin and the fear, the punishment it deserves. 
believe in Jesus and follow him. Come and see his glory and his grace and his mercy. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't despise you. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you and he claims you. But those are tears of joy on his face when he welcomes you home. He has so much to show you and to teach you and so many great things for you to do. Maybe you're more like the Ephesians, though. You have believed in Jesus and you followed him for a long time. You're old friends, but you've grown apart. You are old friends that lost touch and always intended to catch up, but you need to reach out, but you never find the time. If you have fallen out of love with him, he is always ready for your return. No, feel no guilt, only joy at being back with him. If you trust Jesus, your guilt is freely pardoned. The sin that stood between you is cast as far as the east is from the west. You stand by faith in Christ, fully forgiven, fully cleansed, sanctified, adopted, justified, welcomed, and celebrated. Listen to this story in John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, John, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter felt hurt because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Love for Jesus is not a theological proposition, a religious ritual, or a label to claim. It is Jesus standing before you every single day. He takes your hand in his, and he looks you in the eye, and he says, do you love me? If you do, feed my sheep. Care for my people. Love others. Loving Jesus starts in the way you pursue him through the spiritual disciplines like prayer and Bible study and church gathering, but it certainly ends in love for other people. If you love Jesus, love people. Jesus' message never, ever changes. Care for people. In this instance, he isn't literally talking about feeding people food, but, but sharing him with people, pointing them to him that they may be nourished by the bread of life and drink the living water so that they may never thirst again. This is what he does. This is his work, and we follow him. That is the way of Jesus, the law of Christ. Read the Gospels and see what Jesus did. It is where he leads. When you remember him, focus your mind and your heart on him Love for him will flood those disobedient places of your life and drive you to repent. The command of Jesus uh, are the best way to live. They lead to the most joy and peace and goodness. God doesn't just say things just to see if you'll do them or just because he wants to be in control. He loves you, really loves you, and wants your best. So he guides you. To repent means to turn away from the actions that reject him and to turn to Jesus and follow him, loving God and loving others. The point is always to be following Jesus, passionately pursuing him so that you don't fall out of love. 
Sin will always destroy your life. It will eat away your love for Jesus and decay your relationship with others and eat away at your peace and joy. It will distract from Jesus and his ways and cause pain and chaos. At its heart, sin is a rejection of God. Love for him and rejection of him cannot coexist. Every day, ask God to show you your sin and then listen to him. I honestly believe he will always answer that prayer. You will know. I bet you will know it before you ever ask. Then ask him to fill your life with his goodness and focus your mind on loving him and loving others to the point that all that sin is crowded out. There's no more room in your mind and in your life for it. Replace it by recommitting to the works you originally learned from him. If it's greed you struggle with, then give. If it's anger, bitterness, selfishness, then work on serving people. Forgive them. Welcome them. If you have forgotten him, spend more time with him in prayer and Bible study and church and let the Holy Spirit do his work in you. Now, often we employ the wrong tactic to combat sin. We try to fight it directly. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to will up the manpower to do it. Or getting drunk or saying hateful things on social media, whatever it might be. That is good and beneficial effort. But Jesus gives us the best tactic. The best way to replace sin with love in your life is to remember Jesus and to fill our minds with him and his ways. You have to know this. He is mesmerizing. He is the most infinitely valuable, infinitely beautiful, and fulfilling thing in all of existence. He is what you were made for. Everything you ever wanted is in him. The more we know him, the more we love him. And the more we love him in our spirits, the less room for pride and selfishness leading us to repent and recommit to living faithfully in his kingdom. Now, this affects every area of our lives. Do you want to be a better, more godly spouse or parent? Get to know Jesus better. Remember him. Fill yourself with his word. Do you want to overcome anxiety and have faith to endure through stresses and difficulties? Then pursue him in prayer and get to know him better. Do you, want, do you struggle with anger and bitterness and impatience? Open the scriptures and internalize them. Fill your mind with them. Do you see someone else struggling? Point them to Jesus. I have no problem saying I am a one-trick pony. I only have one answer for you. Jesus, passionately pursue him. Don't fall out of love. And if you have, regain it. Let him lead you, work in your life, and do great things through you. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.